You received a call from an inmate at the Department of Corrections. This call will be recorded and monitored. Well, hello there, Miss Gray. How goes the war? They suspended your visitation. Oh, you know, I've been hearing horror stories like that. Oh, my goodness. You know, your daughter seems to be doing really, really well being able to talk to you over those video visits. It's a shame that they would be messing with something like that. So what's the deal now? Is there? Did you mess up somewhere along the line? Oh, wait. So your niece was in the room with her brother and he was shirtless. And so you're, they consider that nudity. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh boy. You know, they'll come up with any reason in the world. You had three kids that were excited to talk to you and one of them was what, naked? Shirtless means naked. I don't know. My definition of nudity and child pornography are way different from the Department of Corrections. It's just anything. They'll come up with anything to destroy you guys. I know. I know. I have been talking about that kind of stuff for years. They don't realize how important supportive relationships are to rehabilitation and to reducing recidivism. This is a huge issue. Going to classes, talking to counselors, getting degrees, getting GED, all that stuff is nice. It's just not going to guarantee that walking through those doors or walking out of that prison is going to be the final time that you go through that process. It just means that you have a little bit more than when you went in there, which is good. It's just that if you don't have a good group to greet you, a group, good group to support you, all that that they go through won't matter. So I, it's almost like they're just sugarcoating it. They're trying to make it look good, cover their own butts. And then in the meantime, they're doing everything they can to reduce your phone calls, to charge you more for video visits and emails, and then use those as tools to control you, to manipulate your life. Oh, how scary that is. Well, you know, Lakeisha, I... I've been fighting this, and I, I know when you get out, you'll fight it too. And we will we will win. It's just going to take some time. You're going to have to keep banging the drum. You know, these folks aren't going to listen to you because the public doesn't support you. You know, you're, you're a woman of color, and you're in prison. So why should the public help you get ahead you know you did the crime you do the time that's the general consensus 
So we're going to have to change that. We're going to have to show that you love your family and it's not your daughter's fault. You have 60 seconds remaining. That you're locked up and her life could be improved by talking to you and, and learning from you. You'll, how are you going to teach her the difference of right and wrong if they don't even let you talk to her? But we're going to keep fighting out here. And I need you inside that joint to start filing some complaints. Write to your legislator. Write to your family. Keep the ball rolling. You have 30 seconds remaining. Keep it rolling. Good, good. That's what I want to hear. Good for you. Okay, I will reach out to your daughter. Yes, okay. Well, you're welcome. Do the best you can. Stay strong. Welcome to AQS Inmate Call. I am your host, Joel Wilborn. And I just got off the phone with Lakeisha Gray, her daughter, Angela is the love of her life. Someone that she will do anything for to keep her comfortable, as comfortable as possible. She has motherly love that songs and poems and short stories are based on. And the more she interacts with her daughter, the more she misses the outside world and misses interacting with her on simple things like birthdays and, you know, the holidays and on trips to the visit family members and shopping. Things that we take for granted with our family members, she's, she's longing for, you know, so... She's was doing a video visit. The administration considered it uh, a violation occurred when her nephew showed up shirtless. And so they suspended her visitation. And it's just distraught. She's very distraught because she wants to interact as much as possible with her daughter. And, you know, video visits, in case you don't know, are are a little pricey, especially when you do a few of them. And they're not always the best quality. You know, this isn't a big high-tech technology out of prison. It's almost as if they're keeping the, the overhead low so that they could gain more profit by charging per call. So I I see Lakeisha as being a money magnet for the system. Having her there, having her pay for these telephone calls and video visits and and email messages and and uh, you know the um gift boxes and stuff 
that's a big money making for the prison industry. And it's something I'm heavily against. I don't think prison should make money off of people that are locked up. If anything, we should be paying the minimum wage and then taking, you know, maybe garnishing some of that pay for restitution. To me, that would make more sense. And family members shouldn't have to pay for all of this just to talk to the person because I believe family has a huge say in rehabilitation, getting these folks out and keeping them out. You know, if a, if a family member is upset, you know, my, my mom went to prison and I'm very angry with her and then he can't talk to her. And she's not able to express what was going on and why she was doing it and what she's learned and how she's going to help. You know, all these things that would make her mentally feel better. If she's not able to express this and then she gets out, there's animosity because it's just like a pause. You were angry when they went in and there's no chance to make up for it. And so angry when they get out. And we need to stop that. And that's one of the things that I fight for. I don't believe supportive relationships should be messed with. There's other ways to punish a person for doing something. Communication between an inmate and the outside world, no. That should be off limits. Especially in the United States where we have freedom of speech they're actually stopping people from talking and basing it on something that just doesn't make any sense at all now I like to base these telephone calls and these these, uh, podcasts on real world experiences you know of course they don't happen exactly as I as I list here It's just more or less getting the idea out there, something to think about, something to talk about, something to uh, fight for should the need or opportunity arise. This is based off of a phone interview I had with Candace. And Candace, in the interview, is discussing her child. And it just didn't sit right with me. And Candace really believes in family relationships, supportive relationships, and will work with me upon release. And I like that. So uh, if you want to listen to that interview, you can go to YouTube and, and go to the Joel Wilborn channel and look up the oxyword Candace in there and listen to that interview and you'll find some of the things that that just are counterproductive for uh, people that are locked up. And I think a lot of these Department of Corrections, they punish the loved ones even more than they punish the person that's locked up. 
because my fiance is locked up. She knows what she did. She committed a crime. She got convicted. She went to prison. So she's sitting in prison. You know, what I did was dumb. I, I, there's other things I should have done. I didn't think straight. I didn't react well. I'm sorry for what I did. She reached out to her victims. She feels remorse. And then with our relationship growing, she misses being out here. She, she misses interacting with me. And so she just can't wait to get out. She can't wait to, for us to get married and start our life together. And instead of promoting this, the Department of Corrections bans me from sending her emails, bans me from visiting her, bans me from sending money to her. And my interaction with her is very limited. And I would send letters and emails and I would complain, why are you doing this? This is a freedom of speech. But instead of getting a response, I get ignored. They know they're doing wrong. They know they're not keeping their mission statement alive. Yet they do it because they can get away with it. There's nobody out there to stop them except people like me, prison advocates and prison reformists. And we make small steps when we get there. The more people we have that want to end this crime spree, the better our chances of success. If you want a person who committed a crime against you to go to prison, there's nothing wrong with that. If you want the person who goes to prison who committed a crime against you to get out and never commit a crime again, there's nothing wrong with thinking that way either. It's just you have to ask yourself, what are you going to do? you're going to do to prevent this from happening to you, to your friends, to your family, to anybody again. If we take a person, let's say your neighbor attacks his wife and you report him, you, you go on the stand, you're a witness, and this person is sent to prison. Then this person gets out and kills her. That's not what you wanted. You didn't want your neighbor's wife to die at the hands of somebody else. You wanted this terrible event to be prevented. You wanted to end it. So if you take a person, drop them in a hole and forget about them, don't expect them to come out a better person. They need to discover for themselves what happened. And if we work with them, guide them, listen to them, and allow them to interact with people who generally want to keep them out of prison and in this cycle, we can end this massive rise in crime. Locking people up in and of itself isn't going to solve anything. It never has throughout history. Look at it like this. If you're driving down the road and you go 11 miles over the speed limit, you're pulled over and thrown in jail for six months, 
maybe for you, it's like, wow, I went to jail for six months. I'm never speeding again. Maybe that'll work. But what if you went in there and suddenly nobody wanted to talk to you? And when you got out, nobody wanted to hire you. Nobody wanted to give you a place to live. Nobody even wanted you in their neighborhood. Look at this person. This is a criminal. Somebody who went 11 miles over the speed limit. And that would be following you for the rest of your life. You have to put yourself in their place. Do you think that's going to solve all our problems? It's going to help fix anything? Or do you think that if you committed a crime, went to prison, and then people were saying, so what happened? What can we do to help you to get away from this this urge to commit a crime? You know, some of them are psychological. Some of them are just, you know, people are just vindictive. Sometimes people uh, are under the influence. There could be billions of reasons to commit a crime. And there just may be one solution to end it all. Or there could be several of them. That's the thing about human nature. We don't know. There's no one fix. Cures everything. We have to work with folks. Other countries can do it, so can we. We don't need to be building more prisons. In the state of Washington, prisons are closing. And I'm glad. I want to fight for that. Because that, the Department of Corrections in Washington is terrible. They claim that they want to, that they support family interaction, but they don't. They're quick to end it. And they don't just, you know, mine was permanently suspended. I can't communicate with my fiance. Others get a few months, but for me, it's a lifetime. As a matter of fact, I can't visit any incarcerated person in the state of Washington. Idaho, California, Texas, I can visit anybody else. Not Washington, because I am a danger And so, what message are we sending to the world? You know, on Twitter, I'll have communications with folks and the person will say, what's going on over there? Is that the United States? It sounds like something that's going on in the United States. You know, other countries read these tweets. They they read our our, uh, concerns. And they automatically know that if they're treated inhumanely, treated as if they're never ever going to change and it's not worth it to invest any time and money in them that's the American way you know it's it's just who we are so think about if this were to happen to you what would you want to be done a good family relationship is communication if somebody in your family is very sad and distraught And you sit down and listen and offer your support. Not fix the problem, not say everything's going to be okay, but just listen. And even ask, you know, what can I do to help you? And in some cases, just listening is good enough. If you had an issue like that and you sat and listened, you would feel better and so would the person that you're helping. 
you don't know how many people in your lifetime you've prevented from committing a crime or committing suicide or falling off the edge into addiction. You don't know how many of those folks you've saved just by listening to them, just by giving them a word of advice that maybe helped you in your past. We only know the ones that do run into the, the problems. And those are the ones like, well, we should have seen this sooner. Or why didn't anybody notice this before? It's because we're not paying attention. And there are some successes out there. Your efforts aren't useless. They're not a waste of your time. They have meaning. So let's go out. Let's talk about what we can do to keep people in the community. And we're not going to make them happy. We're not going to make them crime free. But if they know they're not alone, there's a difference we're going to make in their life. There's an improvement that's going to come. So uh, just during your discussions, put yourself in their place. What would you want done to you? The golden rule. And, you know, Lakeisha, Candace, that's not fair. To suspend a person's visitation because of something that just doesn't make any sense. A shirtless boy you know, a young boy under the age of 10. That's not nudity. And if you watch the video, Candace explains her take on it. Well, thanks for listening to me. I hope you go out and have yourself a fantastic day. And go out and make wonderful memories for tomorrow.